Scott here from Social Energy Presents, and welcome to this podcast short from our signature show, Your Backstage Pass, featuring a special vignette from another great episode. Amazing. Well, even with Peter and Gordon, I mean, you guys amassed quite a few hits. Yes, like we did. 40 hits. Yes, we did. Yes. Nine of them, I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah, unbelievable. So how old were you when, like, well, the Peter and Gordon thing, for people that don't know, uh, your sister, Jane, famously became Paul McCartney's, you know, main, like, major love interest up until mm-hmm. he met Linda, pretty much. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Um, and he lived in your house. Yes, he did, yeah. I mean, they, they were going out together for several years, and that meant that Paul was around, hanging around the house a lot, and eventually our parents offered him the guest room at the top floor of our house, which was next to my bedroom. So he lived with us for about two years. So you became quite close at that time, no doubt. Yeah, we were friends. We were both working, you know, but, but we became friends suddenly. And, and, and so, of course, famously, he wrote mm. Without Love, for your Peter and Gordon. Now, well, actually, he didn't um, write oh. it for us. Well, not all of it. Um, the song pre existed um, us. I'd heard the song and it was from Paul, and he explained that it was an unfinished song he'd started some years ago. And but John didn't think much of it, and the Beatles weren't going to do it. John thought the lyrics were silly, particularly "Please lock me away." Uh, He'd apparently say to Paul, "Okay, I will lock you away. The song's over." Um, so, <laughs> uh, but when we got a record deal, I went back to Paul and said, um, "We, you know, we have a record deal. We're looking for cool songs. Any chance? Uh, whatever happened with that world of that love song? Did you finish it? Did you do it?" And he said, "No, we didn't finish it. We didn't record it." So. Um, I said, can we have a go at it? And he said, yes. Uh, but And then uh, he had to finish it by writing the bridge. The so I wait and in a while I will see my true love smile. That bit of the song. Of course. Which he did. So so you could say that perhaps a third of the song was written for us. The rest of the song pre-existed any knowledge Paul had of our existence. And so how old were you uh, at the start of the Peter and Gordon era? Well, the Peter Gordon era, when we met at school and started singing together, uh, would be when I was like 17 or 18. The Peter and Gordon era, meaning when we started making records and had hits, would be uh, when I was 20. Okay. And and that lasted for a few years. And, and like, <laughs> what, what blows my mind, like I said before, it's like the more I look into things, the more I find out. So, of course, I knew you were part of Apple, but I didn't realize now you were – you were with Peter and Gordon, and then what was the transition? You were what label were you signed to? We were on EMI, same as the Beatles. Okay, and so when so when you were from Peter and Gordon, and that sort of I guess just fizzled. You guys found different paths, and of course, yeah. you were working for Apple. But I mean, I'm trying to get the bridge between. Peter we didn't and break up as such. We never had a big bust up like the Everlys or anything. No on stage fights or anything dramatic, but. We gradually, Gordon wanted to make some records on his own. I became uh, determined that I wanted to be a record producer and I wanted to do that. And so I was taking steps in that direction. I'd already produced some records. And uh, when Paul told me about the Apple thing and asked if I wanted to produce for them initially, and then finally asked if I um, wanted to be head of A&R for the label, which of course I accepted. Right. And this would have been probably 68. I'm not very good at dates, but that would have been around then, yes. Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. Um, I'm going to I'm going to show a picture in a while, but we won't do it yet. But during that time when Paul and John famously went on the Johnny Carson show, 
in North America and basically said that they'd started this label and they said that they were looking for talent yeah. for Apple. Yeah. Uh, a guy that I've been actually writing with for the past couple of years, Barry Greenfield, sa saved up his money over the course of a month mm. and flew to England and actually went to Apple and auditioned. And he actually had a, a meeting with, I guess, John and Yoko at the time and, oh, yeah. and sang songs for them. And he said that he was sent into another room and he wasn't sure who that who he would have been sent into the room with. Now, I'm sure if it was you, he would have known that because he's a big fan of yours. So mm. who, who do you think would have would have been Derek Taylor? What, who would who would he have been sent into a room to, to play his songs for? I don't know. It might have been Derek, I suppose. Yeah, you, logically it would have been me, but I don't know. Yeah. And then eventually they offered him a deal and he didn't want to do it because he he only wanted to write songs. They actually wanted to like have him record and sing. And so he gave up on that and then came back to it later. But that's another story. But I just found it amazing that he had so much shots, but actually, you know, leave leave from Vancouver and fly to London as a young yes. guy and just show yeah. up on Apple. But you you people must have been inundated with people like that. We were, yes. It was crazy. I had four or five people working for me, listening to all the tapes we were sent, because we did make that promise that unlike regular record companies, you don't take unsolicited material at all, that we would um, accept and somebody would listen to whatever we were sent. And we did, and it was all awful, unfortunately. I bet. <laughs> it, was, it would have been it absolute bad. chaos. Yeah. And people showing up at the door? Yes. A lot of people just turning up, yeah. Any Anything of note that you remember that was particularly ridiculous no it would do it no it, it was just nothing interesting really but i mean some of it would be a little bit depressing you know somebody 100 pages of lyrics that don't even scan that this person is convinced that john lennon is going to write music for and things like that you know oh, yeah, just things where you go oh no that they don't get it you know how do i tell this person that they're barking up the wrong tree you know yeah, of course. um so, well, you know, we, we expected to find some good stuff. Hey, thanks for joining us. Check out our other vignettes and full episodes from a wide variety of guests for more great content. Please like, share, and subscribe. And become a member at socialenergypresents.com to access premium content and earn valuable energy points just for watching.